Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello, and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Carrie Ann Powell is a global business strategist, a speaker, and a champion of small and medium-sized businesses. Her varied experience positions her as an authority of what it takes to strategically succeed. In our conversation, we explore strategies to secure thought leadership space and tap into new markets. So now here's Carrie Ann. Hey there, Carrie Ann. Welcome to the Boost Podcast. Kelly, thanks for having me. Such a joy. My pleasure. My pleasure. So for folks who are hearing your name for the very first time, share a little about yourself. Well, I am a business strategist um, uh, based out of uh, my company's based out of Stanford, Connecticut. We do business strategy for small and medium sized companies. And, uh, you know, we often say that, um, you know, running a business can sometimes feel like a chaotic tornado. <laughs> yeah, you know, we help business owners run their businesses more smoothly and uh, so they can thrive in business and in life. Um, but I am a recovering attorney and uh, fundraiser and lobbyist also. <laughs> wow. Wow. All very exciting things. So I was sharing with you before we started the call that I feel like I know you because I've been following you on IG now and I've been soaking up all of your great information. And I know so much of what you share, it feels like it's rooted in mindset. And then there's mention of sort of this big idea framework. Can you share or tell us a little bit more about sort of this whole big idea framework? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, I came out about it you know, sort of as I've been working with, uh, with companies and owners and sort of identifying, like, what are the real things that I find that make a company thrive and, and make it strong? And, you know, again, we're looking at, it's not just about scale, obviously, scale is important, you know, Kelly, but and what I have found, there's sort of eight elements that I think really help a company, not just a company, but any big idea really come to life. And, um, and so, you know, so one, one of one is sort of foundational things. You know, I find that a lot of uh, entities don't often have some of those foundational things that are necessary to making a business work. So you're talking about business vision, right? We're talking about making sure that there is alignment between the owner's life plan and the business vision. There has to be some amount of plan for the exit strategy, okay? So those sort of foundational things. And then you start moving into the second part of the ring, which then sort of an outer ring, which then uh, includes both uh, what I call inspired leadership, and on the other side of that same coin is Rockstar Team. So once you have a foundational, you know, some of the foundational things in the business working, then I think it's really important to, to make sure that the owner has a ability to lead well. And I think one of those, you know, there's sort of three prongs to that. There's leading oneself well, leading the team well, and leading the organization. And on the flip side is being able to hire and attract um, strong team members. And I think the first most important thing is, you know, really hiring uh, self-motivated people. So then we move into the third ring, which has four components, which includes a strong strategy, strong systems and processes to support that strategy. Some amount of focus on exceptional execution is what we call it. This idea of making sure 
that if you're saying this is the strategy and you're moving it all the way down to what it looks like on a day-to-day, being able to exceptionally execute that, not perfection, Kelly, but doing what you say you're going to do. And then the fourth part of that is making sure that there's our, there are systems and processes in place for innovation and optimization. So let's take a look at this. We're like set them the core. If you think about a ring, it's going out and out and out. The core middle part is sort of making sure you have foundational elements in place. Then you go out a little bit, you start looking at inspired leadership and rockstar team. Then you move out again to having good strategy, having good systems and processes, you know, making sure that you have a culture of exceptional execution and then having an optimization innovation process in place. Then, then you can start looking at mindset, having a successful mindset. Because again, you can have all of these things in place. And, and if you don't have a success mindset within your company, not just you as the owner and the founder, but also your team, it's very difficult to really scale from that perspective and thrive. So those are the um, the eight core elements that we found that if you can make sure you have these in your business, you're able to really grow your business at whatever stage of the business that you are in. Because I mean, look, you know, early days is one thing that needs to happen, you know, in your in, in your sort of adolescent stages, another thing that needs to happen, different stage, mm-hmm. and then you know, start getting you older. But these sorts of foundational things must exist in order for a business to thrive. I um appreciate everything that you shared. One thing that's interesting that I that I would love for you to sort of enlighten us further around is because you mentioned it's not only the owner's mindset, but it's also hiring for mindset and sort of, you know, when you talk about this rockstar team, but I think it's a small business or even a medium-sized business, how do you effectively hire for mindset? Because oftentimes it's not until you really experience, I guess, the four seasons of life mm-hmm. or the <laughs> cycles of a business that you can truly understand the mindset of your team. Yeah. Um, because until they get into sort of a sticky situation or, you know, they're squeezed in some way, do you really get to experience their full, the you know, their mindset? So how would you, how do you effectively hire for the mindset that's needed? You know, Kelly, that's such a good question. Um, because that is, that's very true, right? It's sort of in the, um, in the fire, do you begin to sort of see what happens? Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that I often do with, um, with clients when they're having some sort of difficulty with the team Mm -hmm. is first sort of, you know, say, okay, fine. You've got this team going. That's fine. You have to, you got to continue. You can't, you know, build the company up, right? (laughs) Keep that moving. So I like to think of it sort of like you keep the business going and that sort of company 1.0, let's say. I know right now we're so far beyond that. So we could be like company 5.0, but I say company 1.0. And then you then start taking yourself out of the business a bit and spending some time and looking at the business with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. What do you need for this business to thrive by way of just positions? Think about your org chart and develop your org chart afresh and new. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes people um, build businesses sort of based on personality. You know, it's like, oh yeah, cousin Susie can do social media. So let's bring her on board. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, John, my best friend is good at accounting. So we'll bring him on. And then, you know, then you sort of build this, you know, beautifully quirky hodgepodge of people uh-huh. <laughs> in your business. And you're not really sure, you know, so take a step back and kind of think, look at the business from afresh and build an organizational chart that makes sense for you. And then really start looking at each role, each position and think about first, 
What are the qualifications that are necessary? Of course, what do they need to be able to be able to do? But then what is the temperament of the type of person that you might need for that role? Okay. Mm -hmm. And again, there's so many leadership um, and assessments out there right now that you can use to kind of figure things out. Right. But in the end, what do you think would be the type of person that would thrive in this long term? Mm -hmm. Because everyone can really do something for a short period of time, temperament, temperament wise. But what's the kind of person that when you give it to them, they're just like, love it, you know, <laughs> like right, they right. love the details or they, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, so that's that's one thing. Then so you so a part of this is kind of like position specific. Then the other thing I, I, I encourage owners to do is think about I don't believe that every position needs you need to hire some sort of like Harvard grad, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't need to be some like, you know, summa cum laude from, you know, Morehouse. Like you don't necessarily need that for every position. I think the first thing you really want to look for are self-motivated people. Mm -hmm. People who are dragging you (laughs) along where you're just like, whoa, you know, like, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. And you can kind of pick that up based on some experiences that they've had in their past experience, not necessarily their job experience, but any experience that shows that they're kind of go-getters, they're they're willing to do things outside of this. So even if they, you know, have only done community stuff, that's still a good sign. If they said, oh yeah, you know, oh no, I haven't had a lot of experience in this job. However, you know, I completely created an entire uh, festival in my city and like raise all this money for the children's charity that gives you some sense of their personality. Like they are self-motivated person Mm -hmm. there. And you kind of, so now you have someone who is self-motivated, who is aligned with your vision, by the way, you know, in the foundational elements I talk about, one of the things that I work with people to do is make sure that they have a clear vision of what their company is. Mm-hmm. Um, that will help to attract, if you have a clear vision, that will help to attract the kind of person that's attracted to your business, right? Meaning mm-hmm. not just what, you know, what your core, what your core strategic goal is, but what your values are and what do you think your purpose for your business exists? When you have these kinds of interviews and conversations, you're already determining this, is this person's temperament good for the job that we're talking about? Are they excited about the values that we have in our business? And are they a self-motivated person? I think from there, you can have some sense of whether this person's going to fit in. Mm-hmm. Once you have brought them on board, your role is to also to create a culture of a success mindset. So the kinds of language you use, the ways that you communicate with your team, how flexible you are with letting people run with things mm-hmm. that is cultivating a success mindset. And if you don't feel like you can trust the people that you are, or that you have employed, it's time for you to reevaluate that. Because if you leave, if you, because if you have hired the way that I have spoken about hiring and there's still some issues going on with the team, likely it's you. Likely yeah. you're not leading well. Mm. And no one likes to hear that, Kelly, right. but I think that's true. So that's mm. why I, that's how I think you can cultivate a success mindset is hire first, hire well, mm-hmm. and then create a culture of success mindset, meaning the language, you, the ex the 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 
practices that you do in the business, even um, how you react to people or to things that happen in the business, because they're going to take their cues from you. If you're freaking out about something or your language is sort of doom and gloom, and I look, and I know it's difficult because you're the one, you know, who's wearing the crown. So it's heavy, right? Mm-hmm. You got to pay, you know, got to hit payroll. <laughs> I, right. I know that feeling of, oh my gosh, but you have to always be very careful about what you're doing to make sure that you are building yourself up and it'll, will, and you're building your team up. And I think in the end, um, you'll build a good, strong mindset in the team. Yeah, that's, that's good. I love that. And I love, yeah, this whole notion of, making sure that we're building ourselves up because of course we can't pour from an empty, empty cup. And so, um, and I appreciate sort of the, the transparency around, Hey, sometimes you need to look at you. It's not necessarily the team. So that's absolutely. Okay. So beyond that, the other thing that I would be curious to know from you, because beyond sort of like the small business and the challenges of hiring a team and knowing when to hire a team and all that good stuff, then there's the whole systems and you talked about systems and processes. So what's um, your strategy to sort of help our listeners to establish strong working systems that can lead to sort of this whole, um, the notion of quantifiable positive change inside of the business. So what are, what strategies or suggestions would you provide in that particular area around systems and processes? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, you know, I, I've evolved over the the years as to what my thoughts are and um, how much you want to document. I'm I still lean towards the side of over documentation, but you know, we all have we, every business, every everything has a process and has systems and processes. It's just that. You haven't actually articulated that. You guys are right. doing them <laughs> route, right? Because yeah. even no process is a process. <laughs> so, I, I, I would say um, first um, start with the things that matter that are going to impact your business in a significant way. Okay. Um, so, or you could start first with um, it the things that are causing chaos okay. where, where you, you, you kind of want to start somewhere. And I believe in just picking one, but picking one that has the red, red fire, fire, you know, the house is going to burn down kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there again, company 1.0 is going to have to run, but take yourself out of the business a bit and start thinking about, okay, what things do we need? Do we just need to understand what the process currently is? And then you can then optimize it. And how do you do that? You literally, the people who are working that process, I, I like to go from macro to mm-hmm. micro. So let's say we're looking at sales, okay? Mm-hmm. Then I would I would say, okay, let's just like, how does a customer get into your business? Just, you know, and, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, just do post-it notes. You know, I've done that with clients. Sometimes, you know, I'm just like, I'm just like, just, just tell me what it is. And I'm just going to type, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, just get it out of your head onto something that you could read. Mm-hmm. Don't try to go fancy right now. We're just trying to understand. Tell me the steps that happened in your business to get a, from a, a, a prospective uh, client to being a customer. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, a bigger 
a, a bigger macro process. And then, then you kind of move down to, okay, you're like, you'll say, well, um, you know, they usually come to us, you know, first they go to our website and they're on our website for a little bit, a couple of times. And then they kind of look at our stuff on social media. And then, you know, at some point they'll probably download something and then they'll, you know, want to have a conversation with one of our salespeople and blah, 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 blah. You start breaking down all of those key, key things that are happening. So tell me about the social media thing. Like, what are they doing and how, how does that work? Or that, you know, what does it look like for them to schedule something with your sales team? And then what does it look like for them to, for you to research the company and then have a real sales conversation? What does it look like for you to, you know, whatever the things are, mm-hmm. literally step by step by step. And we do, we use process flow charts, floor mm-hmm. map, flow maps with our clients. Mm-hmm. I know for some people, you know, they just sort of use, you know, kind of a, you know, a step-by-step narrative narrative process mm-hmm. it's fine whatever that works i think process flow charts still work really well because there's it helps people within the company who aren't you know people can get people get receive information differently kelly right people are more visual some people like like to read and so you want to have different ways in which you can communicate that to them even like a lot of times we'll do like you know funny gifs or little videos or those types of things to get people sort of seeing and understanding it in however they receive information. But in the end, you want to go from macro all the way down to micro. But here's where I have evolved. I no longer feel like you need to map every single tiny thing that happens in the business because you could spend an entire year just doing that. And in the end, sometimes if it's not a key thing, if it's a small thing, but it's still important, like for instance, if you're building planes, I'm going to assume that every little thing <laughs> right, needs right. to be processed out. You know what I mean? I just feel like that would be a good idea for you. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but if if it's a different type of business that you're in, then maybe you don't need to have, you know, the, the complete step and process. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, so many software products right now that are out there that are now priced for small and medium-sized companies that people can use to... Um, have their processes in place. Trannual is one big one that people are, are really loving now. Um, but there's many, many, many others. And so the point here, though, I think philosophically, I believe in going macro to micro. I still believe in process flow charts. And, but don't do the process flow chart, the pretty one, until you have liter- you have stepped it through. And let me just say this. This is not a job for you, the owner of the company, because you're not doing these processes day to day okay let the people who are doing it do it (laughs) right let them be the ones to say no 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 no. we have this step and then that step and you got to go to this step and then once you sort of have this in place you want to automate as best you can Mm -hmm. once you know what it takes to do a thing sit back and say well what part of this can be automated yeah. This is really need for every human being to do it every single time because once the more you automate it, the more the less likely of error there will happen and there's less time. And and so you want to say, okay, what can be automated? What just it needs to be done by a human, but um we can make it simpler and easier. So you know, you can kind of do like triggers if okay, once you send out if someone sends an email for a sales conversation then it triggers another email and then, you know, it automatically moves that, moves that person on the list on your, um, on your funnel 
mm-hmm. of your sales funnel. So whatever you can do to automate, you know, that's really the most important part because, you know, the more you do that, the more you can scale the company. Um, and then after that, once you have it, it's not okay to just be like, oh, look at us. <laughs> Put it on the shelf. <laughs> We're so cool. <laughs> it has to be connected to the things we do on a day-to-day basis. And have it has to be accessible. It can't be like, oh, let's go find that book. And then you also want to make sure that when you bring people into the business, new people, they are also seeing this, seeing it. And it's not just, a, oh, this is how we do things. And you, you close the book and then they never see it again. And then also you need to be able to give people or set up, set aside time for their, for everything to be optimized. Meaning today, this is might've been the process that worked, but tomorrow maybe it needs to be changed. And the people that are the ones actually doing this need to have some level of autonomy or power or flexibility to be able to say, Hey, we need to change this process because it doesn't work that way. Or we found a, we found a hack that makes it more optimized. And, and, you know, obviously you don't want anyone to randomly be able to go in and say, Oh, we're changing the process for the whole entire company. Uh-huh. There needs to be some method by which people can communicate that. And there can be some amount of, okay, yeah, we are changing it because it doesn't make any sense or it needs to be, it can be optimized. And, and we're now rolling it out to everybody. Um, so that, that's where I would start. I would say first start macro, like literally just get some post-it notes and say, step one, bam, step two, yeah. Bam, step, and then bring it down and finesse it to the point where you feel really comfortable that if you walked away and you you introduced it to a new person, mm-hmm. they would be able to do it as well. Awesome. Thank you for that. You gave them, I mean, nuggets, nuggets, nuggets of wisdom. Thank you so much for that, Carrie Ann. So if someone is listening to the podcast and they want to tap into your wisdom, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. So again, I'm a real person. <laughs> so I really believe in human contact, particularly now. I feel like so many folks are, you know, you know, we'll just lurk and not really, you know, connect with people. Yeah. So I spend quite a bit of time on LinkedIn and on Instagram. So, you know, send me a message like, yeah, I'm a part of the boost crew, you know, and mm-hmm. let's, let's connect in a, in a real way, a real meaningful well, way. And I do, uh, do provide a lot of content on those little platforms as well. Um, but if you feel as if you're running your business and you're feeling like there's some chaos happening and you really do feel like, you know, like you're managing a chaotic tornado and things are not looking so great for you, um, first breathe, um, you know, <laughs> just breathe. And um, I do have a, a book that I've downloaded some of the eight components that I talked about earlier. And then um, the name of the book is The Eight True Culprits Causing Chaos in Your Business. And you can quickly, it's a quick read. And uh, you can just go to nobusinesschaos.com um, and uh, download it. That's nobusinesschaos.com because chaos is the enemy of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can just put your name and email address and download it and take a look and use that to assess what you think is really going on in your business. And whatever the screaming red, you're going to be like, oh my God, they all are, you know, all the things. You know? <laughs> but just sort of go with the one that's fire, fire red and just start. Remember business 1.0, you can't build a business up. Okay. You just got to keep it running, but take some time to step away from the business, to start looking at your business from a different light, business 2.0, and you can fix it. I promise you many businesses that are con- that are thriving today once had a very, very dark time and they were able to fix it. So if you feel as if that's happening in your business, don't fear that you can fix it. Awesome. 
Carrie Ann, thank you so much for your insight, for your inspiration and everything that you do to help small and medium-sized businesses and to press forward, making economic <laughs> development a real, a real thing for many of us. So thank you so much for your time today. Kelly, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Well, that concludes this episode of The Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost-related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 